Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. Today we are talking about Dolphin Entertainment, ticker DLPN, with Brad Stevenson. First, a disclaimer. No one on this call is an investment advisor. And no one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investor Discussion app, which is located at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The application and much of the research content is free. After registering and logging in, use the search bar at the top right of any page. Type in the ticker and the results will give you a link to the research post with this podcast and to other discussion and research relating to today's company. Now on to our topic, DLPN. Brad, Dolphin Entertainment. I like to refer to your picks as squirrels. They're not normal businesses in that sense that they're not easy to understand or they're, they're, they're something new. Um, Dolphin is no exception. Dolphin is a public relations company, but instead of working public relation in some boring corporate sense, uh, their public relations relates to pop culture, people, events, maybe video games and the like. They have a big stable of clients, including, well, I know, I know Ninja, the, uh, the gamer is, is one of their clients. Who else have they got in their stable? Well, they have, they have Tom Cruise, they have Meryl Streep, they have Tom Hanks, uh, they have famous well, chefs, culinary chefs, uh, which I'm not real, uh, you know, I'm not real uh, plugged into that world. But uh, but they... well, that that that's plenty. The the point is that they've got some big names. Apparently, they've been around for a while, uh, and that was their business doing public relations for pop culture assets. Okay, so that that was their original business. Could you give a little background on where their business is changing? What is Dolphin 2.0 and why should breakout investors be interested? Yes, absolutely. So their business is is still there, their core business that they call 1.0. And it's a collection of five PR supergroups uh, or five PR marketing agencies they call a supergroup. Um, they cover areas like film, television, music, gaming, esports, culinary, and hospitality, as we touched on a little bit. And what they've been doing the last three years is building, building these supergroups um, into the best in class in the world, they claim, and getting prepared for what they call Dolphin 2.0. And Dolphin 2.0 is simply this. It's something that they own some of what they are now marketing. Uh, in the past or in the present, I should say, they're, they're marketing these consumer products, content, live events, and so forth. And now they want to have ownership in them. They seek, they will seek to own products and services where their strengths will increase the likelihood of success. And I think that's important because I really have watched this company for a while now, and they've done a really good job with their acquisitions of finding the right firm, not paying too much, uh, integrating that into the corporation and have, and really being almost immediately accretive each time. So I think they'll do the same thing again as they, as they go on this 2.0 endeavor. How should I be thinking about this? Is Dolphin some sort of new economy business model or is Dolphin 2.0 akin to when an actor takes a percentage on a film? It's an alternative to taking dollars. They'll take an ownership percentage with unlimited upside. Yes, that's one of the four initiatives that they they may do, which they call equity, uh, taking an ownership in other people's 
companies that promote consumer products, content, or live events. And the idea is that they trade what they're good at, their, their uh, PR work and their marketing for that ownership, and therefore they will make more uh, as a result. Uh, in fact, they've talked about, uh, I, had a, I had a meeting with the CEO not long ago, and he talked about maybe even as much as 10 times as much on a particular event if they were uh, an owner at 2.0. 10 times what? You mean they could earn 10 times as much? 10 times as much as what they might earn if they were simply promoting the event. I remember back in Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley Bank would uh, do its business with people and wherever it could, it would take an equity interest. You know, So that might just be an element of working with Silicon Valley Bank that asked for a piece of it. The way you just described the Dolphin 2.0 model, I'm thinking that they're going to discount their cash fees in exchange for this equity participation or just general participation. Have I got that right? Yes, but that, again, remember, that's only one of the four types of initiatives, but yes, that is correct. All right, what are the other types then? So the other types are consumer products, um, content, and live events, which they currently promote all of these, and now they want to take ownership in these as well. But in each of these examples, wouldn't they be discounting their fees in order to take some sort of a promote in the asset. Yeah, yes, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, actually, my understanding is it may be a discount, but it may just simply be that they do, there is no charge for that. And instead they trade that for ownership in these products, yes. Are you worried at all about a decline in their traditional revenues? I don't think so because the super group will still be paid by the corporation and the corporation will be, will, uh, be paid by their ownership in the event or in the initiative. So the nice thing about it is they've got this super group together. So they're going to have this ownership in the event and, and then they're gonna do the marketing through their Shorefire Media Group, the door, Viewpoint Creative or Be Social with their social uh, influencer campaigns and then 42 West, which is their most powerful entertainment. All right, well, let me, let me, let me just challenge this. Okay, they can call it a super group and they can say they're the best in the world. And I, I am impressed by their clients. But this is a 70 million market cap company, which now tells me that they're going to start instead of taking uh, a paid uh, fee is going to risk my investment by taking equity uh, in these in these various things. Why should I be optimistic about their ability to pick the right things such that they'll make more money? And a, 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 a corollary question is, what has changed? What's changed in the business? Why are they doing 2.0 to begin with? Other than the obvious answer, they think they can make more money. What has changed such that this switch in the business model actually makes sense? And why should I be excited? About it? Well, it's an addition to the business model is the first thing I would say. So Dolphin 1.0 does not cease to exist. They're still going to be doing exactly what they're doing and exactly what has been growing the top line and the bottom line uh, for the last three years. Uh, but then they're going to add this element to that. The idea when they first started this and they uplisted to NASDAQ was that they, they wanted to buy the supergroup. And their position is, or the way they report on this, is that they have the players now and they're ready to play this, what they call Dolphin 2.0 game. Okay, so I, did I just learn that Dolphin 1.0 was a roll-up? Uh, not sure what you mean by that, sorry. You said they uplisted so that they could acquire the super group. So these 
different business units were an aggregation of businesses that they acquired and put together? Correct. That's correct. And they're now saying that they've got sufficient scale to execute the business 2.0 model? Exactly. <clears throat> what, do you, what do you know about these guys? Why should I assume that they're going to make more money uh, with this new model? Um, well, let's talk about, why don't we talk about their first initiative that they've announced, uh, which is NFTs. Um, and why do I think that might be successful? Well, let's, let's look at the NFT sales volume. In 2019, there was about 60 million in NFTs sold. In 2020, 250 million. And then in quarter one of this year, two and a half billion. And there's, there were projections earlier this year that 2021 would hit 5 billion. It looks like it may hit 10. They, uh, NBA Top Shots, you've heard about them, I'm sure. They did in their very first full, full quarter of NFTs, $470 million in revenue from that. You're telling now, me what, what other people have done. Uh, this is a tiny little company. They, you know, and I'm glad you brought it up. They announced, uh, they issued a press release with NFT and it stock shot up to the moon and back down. Uh, it, it, it has the feel of somebody playing a wannabe game. Are you telling yeah. me you're, you're, to do something with NFTs, yeah, I, it's, it's a nice press release, but why, why do I believe that these guys can actually execute a value-creating strategy around NFTs or any of these other things? Well, you know, Visa has come out and announced that they are working to accept credit cards to settle crypto transactions by the end of this summer. And that was the light bulb moment for DLPN because there are about 150,000 crypto wallets in America right now. And first quarter sales that I just gave you, that $2.5 million, was only from about 75,000 buyers. So for Dolphin, the, the light bulb moment was when Visa will be able to settle these crypto transactions for NFTs, they are best positioned with to develop the IP, produce the NFTs, distribute them, and market and promote those NFTs. And that they believe sales will continue to be strong and grow for years to come. Okay, so NFTs are a new pop culture area that their business model is going to integrate. You said that was one of the business 2.0 paradigms. Can you give us another one? Yeah, so there is not another one announced yet. I'll give you a few examples of what they could be as an example. So in the consumer section, liquor, the door PRs, liquor brands, and so they use celebrities sometimes to promote. So there's an example. Chicago Chili Cook-Off is a culinary event that they, they manage each year. They believe they could garner six figures from promotion for that, but maybe as many as seven figures, depending on how much they own of that. And they believe they could take that to other cities and do several per year. Uh, taking equity in uh, upcoming tech companies, going to C CES as an example. They feel like there's an opportunity there for consumer tech that needs only awareness to get early adoption, reach mass eyeballs. So there's an area that they could look at. And then they are very big on live events coming back later this year and next year for esports, food events, music events and conventions and so forth. Circling back, Brad, uh, to what I was asking earlier, what has changed? Uh, they, 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 they have told you, told the street that they're going to do these events. They're going to take this equity participation. And the anticipation is that they're going to make a lot more money doing it this way. So my question is, why would the people on the other side of the table agree to pay them a lot more? Why wouldn't they say, look, we don't need your equity participation. We'd like to stay with the old model where we pay you your fee. It's capped. We know exactly what it is, and we'll keep all of the equity for ourselves. 
Why does Dolphin think that it's going to be able to bone in and take a piece of the action? So that's a good question. I don't know the exact answer, but I can say that they have the relationships and they believe that this, this is not going to be a problem to, de- to develop and negotiate these things. And the idea, again, it would be to expand and even do more of something that is currently being done. For an example, a barbecue in Memphis, Tennessee is one that they like to give. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just take away. I, this, this has been a challenge for me to understand what they're going to do. But I like it. Uh, I, th- I think that if Dolphin is able to execute on this strategy, and I, I think that there are a lot of examples of companies that are involved in these kinds of events, I think they're probably going to have to change their fee structure a little bit. You know, you're not going to just get layered on equity on top of your normal fees. So there's some risk in it. But if the, these guys have the right relationships and are presented the right opportunities, taking back an equity stake in a popular event doesn't sound like a horrible idea. So I'm sure we'll be back talking about Dolphin in the future when we've got some more visibility in the kinds of events that they're going to be doing under their 2.0 model. Well, that's 10 minutes. Thank you, Brad. We are Breakout Investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understand today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on this podcast and for other breakout ideas on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com.